Good morning, Warehouse family. It's, it's good to be with you again as we continue to meet online, as we are believing God to have a quick uh, turnaround to this COVID virus. We've been enjoying having fellowship in our Connect 2.0 meetings. I hope you're part of that. And it's been an encouragement to be with people and just to share with them pray with them, and, and to be connected in a way face-to-face, -face, even though it's online right now. This morning, we're going to continue the summer series that Pastor Matt started, entitled, This is Jesus. And I'm going to be talking to you from John 6, verse 35, when Jesus said these words, I am the bread of life. So let's just take a moment before we get into the word together, just to bow our hearts in prayer and to just ask God to open our hearts for his word. So Lord, thank you for another opportunity to open up your word. Lord, we love your word and we love it when you speak to us by your Holy Spirit. So come Holy Spirit and be our teacher and our guide. Open our ears, open our eyes, open our heart to receive what you have for us today. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Well, how many of you like a really good adventure movie? To me, John chapter 6 is like a, a, a pack, action-packed, filled adventure movie. And that's where we find this statement of Jesus. So let's just kind of look at the events that happen in John 6 as we lead up to this. John 6 starts with Jesus um, performing the miracle of multiplying five loaves of bread and two fish to feed 5,000 men. It says, plus women and children. So some Bible scholars believe that over 20,000 people ate of those loaves and fishes. He started with seven pieces. Seven is the number of fullness in the Bible, the number of God. And he ended up, after multiplying and serving everyone, picking up 12 baskets of scrap. 12 represented the nation of Israel. And so in this miracle, Jesus was showing the nation of Israel that he was Messiah, that he was their provision, and they enjoyed his teaching and the meal greatly. Well, they enjoyed it so much, though, that they decided they were going to make Jesus king. I mean, who wouldn't want to make someone king who could give you something free and multiply loaves and fishes every day? Think about it. Free stuff from the government, and you wouldn't even have to work. Does that sound familiar? Too familiar, I think. So Jesus told his disciples to get in a boat and go to the other side of the lake. And then at night, Jesus came to them walking on the water. So here we have the first miracle, the loaves and the fishes. Then Jesus walking on the water. And then his disciples and he are on the other side of the shore. And all the people said, where is Jesus? He didn't go with his disciples. So they perceived that he was on the other side now. And when boats came, they went to follow him. And they went to follow him, looking for him. And the discourse that follows is what we're going to look at. And so really, one of the issues we're going to talk about this morning is, what is the most important thing in life? That's what we're faced with. That's what we're confronted with when we consider Jesus' powerful statement, when he said, I am the bread of life. Now, to be honest, and I, I'm just going to be honest with you, most of my week and most of your week is spent tending to the temporal needs of life. 
We go to work. We take care of our house. We cook meals. We take care of the children. We fill the gas, uh, the, the car with gas. We run to the store. We do errands. And all of these things are really not what's important in life. We need to determine what is really important in life so that we might experience true life, true peace, and an eternal life. So we're going to look at this statement, I am the bread of life, and I'm going to look at four statements that Jesus made about himself in the context of being the bread of life. Some of them seem a little bit cryptic at first, but when we unpack them, you'll see that they really aren't. And there are powerful truths here for us to see. So as the bread of life, Jesus is, and the first thing we see that he is, is he's the food that endures. The food that endures. In John 6, 26 to 27, we read this. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on them. On him. So seek the food that endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal upon him, his seal upon Jesus Christ. The reality is that everything in this life will not endure. Everything is passing away. If we spend all of our life, our entire life, focused on the temporal things of life, we'll end up at the end of our life grasping and holding a handful of sand. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 3 how that no man can lay any other foundation than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ, and we'll all have to give an account for how we built upon that foundation. Some will build with wood, hay, and stubble, some with gold, silver, and precious stones. He's speaking this to believers, not unbelievers. And he's saying, if you build with the things that endure, you'll receive a reward. But if you build with things that are quenched by the fire, you will be saved, but as through fire. I don't want to be at the end of my life and realize that all I have left are smoky clothes and a handful of sand. I want to live my life seeking after the food that endures. Now, if we're truly going to live life to its fullest, we need to develop a focus that's not temporal, but we need to develop an eternal focus. Let me share two scriptures with you on that point. The first one is from Jesus. In Matthew 6, Jesus said these words, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So where our focus is, our focus is our treasure, our treasure is our heart. What we focus on in this life will determine our level of peace, our level of life, and our eternal reward. That's why Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18. He says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, 
While we do not look at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We need to develop a food that endures, a focus that endures. And Jesus Christ, our bread of life, is that food that endures. He is our eternal life. He is our everlasting life. He is our hope that endures. He is our peace that endures. He is our joy that endures. He is the food that endures, our eternal perspective and focus. The second thing when we think of the words when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, is that Jesus is the work of God. Let me read uh, John 6, 28 to 31 to you. And let's just think about that in a couple ways this morning. John 6, 28 says, Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. Therefore they said to him, Well, what sign will you perform, and that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So this is kind of a strange exchange, isn't it? Jesus comes to them and he says, you know, I am the bread of life. I am the food that endures. And then immediately they, they turn that call to have an eternal focus to a focus on religion. They said, you know, what sign are you going to show us? And, and they said, you know, what about our fathers? They received manna from heaven. And so they started to spin all of these religious questions and thoughts. When Jesus basically said, he said, I'm, I'm the bread of life. I'm the food that endures, and I'm the work of God. The work of God is to believe on him whom he has sent, to believe on me. That's the work of God. It's not religion. It's not our human effort to try to be good enough or seek God in our own strength or find him on our own terms or please him through works of righteousness that we do. The work of God is simply a call to faith. It's a call to believe in Jesus Christ through faith alone. Faith requires that we trust him at his word. Now, it's easy to say, I believe in God until we're really tested for the word. Faith requires that we believe him and we trust him at his word. Faith does not require a sign from heaven. May I say to you this morning that Jesus Christ is God's sign from heaven. He need not give us any other sign. He gave us Jesus who died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and on the third day rose again from the dead, was witnessed by over 500, taught and ate with his disciples, and then transcended into heaven in a physical ascent before his disciples. Jesus Christ is the work of God. He is the testimony of God. Faith alone stressed in him not in anything we do. Our works are but filthy rags. His work is simply to believe. Listen to this from Hebrews chapter one. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days, listen, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, 
through whom also he made the worlds. Jesus is God's living testimony. Jesus is God's sign from heaven. Jesus is God's final prophetic word. Jesus Christ is the work of God, and the work of God is to believe in him. That is the work of God, nothing else. As the bread of life, Jesus is also the bread from heaven. Now, let me read to you John 6, 32 to 34. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say you, say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. And they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Now, I don't believe they really grasped what Jesus was saying. They're still thinking about loaves of provision, physical loaves, temporal loaves of bread, physical sustenance. But Jesus is saying, you know, you asked about the manna. Okay, I'll talk a little bit about the manna. The manna was not provided by Moses. It came from my father. And by the way, I'm the true manna. I'm the true bread that comes down from heaven, given for you. I am the bread of life. And so they heard these words, and it reminds us that this is God's gift to us. It is the bread from heaven. This is Jesus, and Jesus is this word. The Bible says in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh. Or in the, begin, in the beginning was the word, the word was God and was with God and the word was God. I'm sorry, I jumped to verse 14, I'm so excited. <laughs> Let me start over again. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Glory is the only begotten of the Father. You see, Jesus is the living word. He is the logos of God. He's the rhema, the breathed upon word of God. And this revelation that we've been given, this holy Bible is Jesus' revelation to us. It's our living bread. It's breathed upon by the spirit of God. It's Jesus' love letter to us. Jesus, as a living word, is the full revelation of the Father. We don't look for other revelation. We have the revelation in full. He is the bread from heaven. He is the only source of life and truth. Now, here's the key. Only as we abide in him and his word, his living word, the living bread, abides in us will we truly experience life. You remember when COVID first hit back in March and there was a run on the stores? There were two things that were out of stock. The bread aisle was completely decimated and the toilet paper aisle was decimated. There was a little bit of, of everything else around the store, but for weeks there wasn't hardly any bread, there wasn't any toilet paper to be found. And why is that? Well, people look for the essentials, the necessities of life. They went for bread first. Bread is one of the essentials. It's the sustaining thing of life. And, and for us believers, the word of God, the revelation of Christ in this word is our sustenance. It's our sustaining life. 
It is what we need to be pouring into in these days of darkness. We need to be meditating upon the Word. We need to be memorizing it in our heart. We need to be journaling about it. We need to be praying over it. This is our lifeline in these times. Listen to what Jesus said. In Matthew 4, when he was faced with temptation and a great battle with Satan, it says, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you're the son of God, notice this, how it, how it parallels with the scripture. He said, if you're the son of God, make these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered him and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Notice what Jesus said. He said, you're not gonna trick me in defeating my physical need right now because my greatest need is the word of God. My greatest need is the word from heaven. My greatest need is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, now John, in John 15, Jesus is with his disciples and he gets with his disciples and he's talking about the vine and the branches. We already looked at that scripture in this series. And he says this in verse seven and eight of John 15. He says, if you abide in me and notice, and my words, Jesus is the bread from heaven. He said, if you abide in me and the bread from heaven abides in you, you'll ask what you desire and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so you will be my disciples. Jesus Christ is the living word. He is the rhema, the breathed upon word. He is the logos, the eternal word of God. He is the bread of life. And we need that bread each and every day in our life. And finally, when Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, he is the assurance of our eternal life. Listen to John 6, 35 to 40. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. He's speaking to those Jews that are gathered around him. He said, all that the father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. So all those sheep that the Father gives to Jesus, they will come to me. And when they come to me, I will not cast them out. He says, for I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And he said, this is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me, I should lose nothing. Oh, all he's given me. Let me say that again. He said, I shall lose nothing, but I should raise it up on the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Wow. As I was meditating upon this final point, that Jesus as the bread of life is our assurance of salvation. I thought about that his resurrected life is not only the promise of eternal life, but our full redemption in Christ, meaning the restoration of all that this life has taken away. And I know, I know as I'm speaking to you this morning that there are many of you that have lost things that are dear to you, loved ones. You're in the midst of, of, of deep, deep needs and and issues in your families. 
you're facing brokenness and, and disappointment, and it seems like your life has gone in reverse and not forward. It seems like the canker worm has been destroying. The, the rebuker, uh, the devourer has not been rebuked, but he's devouring. And, and, and you wonder, you know, man, where are you, Lord? And he comes to you and he says, I'm the bread of life. I am the bread from heaven. I'm the food that endures. I'm your assurance of eternal life. I'm the work of God. Believe in me. I want to tell you this. In Christ, in the bread of life, we know these things. And I believe that many of these, these last just summary points are going to speak to someone's heart very personally this morning. Because when I wrote them, I, I didn't feel just like I was just coming up with thoughts. I felt like God was speaking words of promise. First, all that the enemy has attempted to kill, steal, and destroy in your life will be restored. I'm going to say that again. All that the enemy has attempted to kill, steal, and destroy in your life will be restored. It, it may be restored in this life, and it may not be restored until the resurrection, but I guarantee you it will be restored. The enemy will not get away with stealing from a child of God. Number two, every tear of sorrow that you have shed, that I have shed, wiped away. Well, can you think about that? Even now I can think of things that have wounded me or, or that I've wept over and they still affect me deep inside. But there's a day coming when he'll wipe away every tear and every sorrow will, as if it would have vanished, we will have no more memory of the sorrow, but only of the joy. The next point is very important if you're facing physical struggles or emotional battles in your life. Every physical and emotional struggle that you or I experience in this life will be healed. I believe God's our healer. I believe that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But you and I both know, we've said goodbye to people of great faith who didn't find their full healing in this life. But those who couldn't walk are leaping in heaven. And those who couldn't see are beholding Jesus through their, their restored eyes. One day that restored spirit, oh, spiritual man is going to be reunited with a glorified body. I want to tell you, <laughs> one day when you see him in heaven, I'm going to say hi to you and I'm going to switch back that full head of hair. <laughs> Everything that we've lost in this life will be restored. Physically and emotionally, it will be healed. And finally, and I love this, every loved one in Christ that we've had to say goodbye to through death, many, many, much too soon, we will again be reunited with in heaven. Every loved one in Christ, in Christ, that we've had to say goodbye to in this life through death, we will be reunited with once again in heaven. Oh, Jesus, the bread of life, is our assurance of salvation and full restoration. I'm going to see my dad again. I'm going to see my mom again. I'm going to see my grandpa again and my grandma again. My best friend that I had to say goodbye to again. 
a, a dear associate that I said goodbye to again, people that I've pastored and walked through illness until they they rose to glory in heaven, and I've had to say their 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 memorial over their tombstone. I'll be able to have fellowship, sweet fellowship with again. And you will too. Listen to this promise in closing. In Revelation 21, 3 to 5, it says, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them. And he will be their God. Oh, I love that. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There will be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. He says, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the food that endures. He's our eternal focus. Jesus is the work of God. He's our call to faith and trust in him alone. He's the bread from heaven. He's our living word. And he's the assurance of eternal life. He's the hope of our full restoration. You know, I want to just say to you, this morning, there's a table set before us. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 23 that he, he, he sets a table for us before our enemies. It says he anoints our head with oil and the cup runneth over. There's a table that's set before us. There is the bread of life upon that table. That is Jesus Christ, our only provision for all of this. And he invites you and I, each one of us, to come to the table and eat. If you've never done that, and you never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, all you need to do is repent of your sin. Turn from trusting everything else. Turn from your brokenness and sin and just repent and say, Lord, I need a Savior. I need you and turn to him. Turn to the bread of life. Cry out to him and say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, cleanse me. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, restore me. Jesus, I want the assurance of eternal life. I want to know that I know that I know that I know you. All you have to do is ask. Believer, all you need to do is ask. All you need to do is come to the table and partake of the word of life, the bread of life. You know, sometimes we pull back from our faith because the word of life that comes to us is a little bit difficult. As we grow deeper in the things of God, as we grow closer to Jesus Christ, he wants to do a deeper work in our heart. He wants to cleanse us in a deeper way. He wants to begin to remove things that hinder us from going on into the fullness of his glory. And sometimes it hurts. And sometimes the word that we receive from his Bible is like a, a scalpel in a the trained hand of a physician. It needs to cut something out so that healing and restoration can take place. And frankly, sometimes we don't want to surrender to that. We're kind of like the crowd as Jesus spoke and 
when he then began to say, listen, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me. He says, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And it says, then everybody said, what is he talking about? First, he's talking about bread. Now he's talking about eating his flesh, drinking his blood. This is a strange saying. And it said, many of those who followed him even left him. And he turned to his disciples and he said, you know, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. He said, will you also leave? And Peter rose up and he said, Lord, where else can we go? Where else can we hear the words of eternal life? You see, no matter how difficult the word of God that comes to us is, it's always to bring us life. His bread is always to bring us life. It's the living bread. It's the bread we need. It's the bread by which we are healed, the bread by which we overcome the enemy, the bread by which we grow in full assurance of faith and of our eternal life and, and, and bodily resurrection and restoration. So this morning, the table is set. Come to the table. Eat of the bread. I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you. I pray if you've accepted Christ for the very first time that you'll reach out to us at twfc.info. We're here for you. There are people who will reach out to you from the church. We want to walk with you, encourage you. Believer, I'm believing God for a great week for you as you abide in the food that endures. Your call of faith in God, the work of God, you partake of the bread of heaven and walk in the full assurance of eternal life. Have a great day. God bless you.